everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad, otherwise known as Brad Sever, and I am joined by Alex. Hi. Hello. So, very easy episode today. We're doing something a bit more topical. Last week, we mentioned uh, the end of the episode talking about uh, pet cards. We sent it out to our Patreon members and as well to people within our Discord on Playaway. And... That's pretty much what the entire episode is going to be about. We got a bunch of responses uh, for what people's favorite pet cards are. And we're kind of going to, if we don't go over all of them, we'll try to, but we did get a decent amount. So, and we do have a nice benchmark for what it means to uh, kind of evaluate or try to build around a pet card, which Alex, I'm going to hand that off to you. You are our expert here when it comes to pet cards, because no one plays with bad cards more than anyone else than you that that's very true like almost every deck i build has one card in it where people will look at it it's like isn't this card just bad and it's like it works though power stone so- <laughs> shard combo thing yeah <laughs> that one. Oh no that whole deck was bad yes <laughs> exactly but it was expertly built around a bad card um Ooh, and that's could, what we're gonna you talk could play card in that deck now alex even in that deck it's bad <laughs> But you get um, power stone things. Yeah, we had a uh, yesterday. I, oh, yeah. No, I went to play EDH yesterday uh, for the first time in forever in a store, and we just got they do it like casually, so there's no there's no pri- Well, there are prizes, but you just like everybody just gets two packs. And uh, I got the FNM promo. Actually, I got the Loam Speaker promo. Things dope. I just bought um, a playset of a uh, foil BioBox Loam Speakers. I think this, it might be the buy a box. I just don't know why they had so fucking many then. But um, I guess they just ripped them off all their boxes and they used them for prizes. But hey. Um, I but I pulled. Jeskai Ascendancies. Ah. Oh, nice. Yes. But I, I pulled uh, Alternate Art Urtai and someone else pulled Alternate Art Karn. And I feel like I got the better pool. Yeah. Like, that's, that's yeah. how bad that card is. Hey, Seth um, played it with braids, and it actually didn't look that bad. <laughs> and, standard. Uh, and standard. I actually played braids. That was my new EDH deck. The braids are is a nightmare. Deck's fucking dope. Like, that was a really fun deck to play. Yeah, I've been playing her in sack. Like, very low... Yeah, but I, I played her just as, a, as the commander, but, yeah. like, with some... Like cheap token generation, even things are called a bloodline and stuff, mm-hmm. um, blood fountain, those type of cards, and basically just use it at like at the end of every turn. I cast ancestral recall because people at EDH are greedy as fuck. Yeah. So they were like, "Would you want to?" Or they often just have their commander out. It's like I sack a token. Would you like to sacrifice your commander? No, thank you. Draw a card. And then it's just like really cheap on the curve. Lots of interaction. I run fatal pushing commander, which got some people. They were like. I just go swamp pass, and they're like birds of paradise. Push it, and they're like, "What? <laughs> Am I playing modern? <laughs> what format is this?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, um, speaking of fun cards and some that might be considered commander cards, obviously today's topic. So we're going to talk about pet cards, and it started with a question from. Let me look about just in case. Uh, Patreon Will Ferguson, and he mainly uh, started that his pet card is um, Brea. No, it's not Brea, it's Brazella. Brea is 
that artifact commander card. Yeah. Uh, Brazella, Voice of Nightmares, which uh, some of you might remember. It's from Shadows Over Innist- um Eldritch Moon. It is a meld card. So if you hate modal double-faced cards, do I have a mechanic for you? Because we have two cards that flip and turn into one card. Um, I'll go over what Brazella does in a moment and what the front half cards do. But if some of you uh, who listen to the Thought uh, Shoxies podcast, I was on a couple months ago and I talked about this subject too. And there I laid out a framework, like how I go around building around a card. And I kind of want to go over that framework again. Uh, it hasn't really changed because I still feel like it's a good framework to go off. But there I use Magda as an example. I will now go with Gazella as a as an example. Uh, Gazella and Bruna, who make Brazella. And afterwards, we have all your pet card suggestions. We have them in the mailbag, and some, I think, were in DMs. Yep. And we will just sort of quick fire through all the pet cards that we've had and sort of see, like, where in that frame we fit them. So what type of deck we might be thinking of, what type of cards we might be thinking of that we go into. Uh, so it obviously is not going to have the type of detail that you will give if you, like, go through Scryfall and look at hundreds of cards, but we obviously don't have the time to do that for every card in the millbag. But we'll give you, like, a jumping-off point. Yeah. And probably, like, a small judgment of, like, how fruitful do we think this is going to be? Because obviously some people might have a pet card that we know is hopeless, but we're still going to build a deck around it. But I will tell, might tell you beforehand that it might be a little hopeless. But we are here to win FNMs, not RCQs, at least when it comes to building with pet, playing with pet cards. So let's go ahead and get started. So I have a framework which is five points. And we're going to go through these five points and see how we go about building a pet deck. So the cards we are starting off. So step one is reading the card top to bottom to get a perfect feel of what the card does, what the card wants to do, etc. So we have Brazella. We'll start with reading the backside so we know what we are working towards. Brazella is a... I have no idea what the converted mana cost is of meld cards. (laughs) (laughs) A... I don't know what mana value. Legendary creature Eldrazi Angel, a 9-10. Flying, First Strike, Vigilance, Lifelink. Your opponent can't cast spells with converted mana cost 3 or less. So, get fucked, Ragnos midrange. Um, you can cast Shouldred and Chandra. Good luck. Yeah. And this consists of two cards on the front half. So we have Gazella, the Broken Blade... Two white white or a four three angel horror legendary flying first strike lifelink at the beginning of your end step if you both own and control gazella the broken blade so this card and um bruna the fading light exile them then melt them into brazella so this is how the card works if at the end of your turn you control both of these cards they melt come onto the battlefield and then you could do whatever you want with them in your next turn. And the back half is Bruna the Fading Light. So Bruna is a 7-mana 5-7, Flying Vigilance Angel Horror, also legendary. And when you cast Bruna the Fading Light, 
you may return target angel or human creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this is the sort of framework we are starting with and see what the card does. So we see Gazella, mm -hmm. who is kind of just like a beat stick. Like she doesn't yeah. really do anything other than provide the meld text box. Uh, she's just a bunch of stats. Uh, she is understated. You know, four mana, four, three isn't particularly powerful. The three toughness can be a little brutal. Has some, you know, flying first strike lifelink. She could be a good blocker. She could be a decent attacker. Not a very spectacular card we're looking at here. Bruna, on the other hand, got a very interesting effect. So Bruna, we actually see, is a reanimation spell. And maybe, you know, people who already know this card or the quick thinkers here, see that if Gazella is in your graveyard, you just cast Bruna, get Gazella, and they melt. So there's a pretty easy back and forth here. So... We look at this whole card. We know what the card does. There's reanimation here. There's a beat stick. So how do we enable these cards to like do what they want to do? Now again, I'm not going to talk about Gazella too much because how do you enable Gazella? Well, she's a beat stick. You could put them in an aggro deck and like have her be the top end. But you're playing another seven mana card in your deck, so you're probably not going to be playing an aggro deck. And at least if you're playing an aggro deck, we're probably never flipping or melding them into Brazella, which is what we want to do. Mm -hmm. So, going to look at Bruna more. So, Bruna wants stuff to go into the graveyard. Preferably Gazella, but you can pick other angels and humans. And uh, that's like a way to go about this, because you want to have both cards on the battlefield. So, you probably want maybe r some ramp. You could have some ramp. You could have some reanimation. But obviously, Bruna is a cast trigger. Uh, hold on. I have an idea. You have an interruption, right? I have an idea. So, Bruna's thing of... Yeah, I don't give a shit about Bruna in this context. Cool. Um, Indominal creativity. That is a good way to do it. You just you run one of, of each. Yeah, and you sack... Two treasures with Donald Creativity, just like what we've seen with like the T Hulk version of it or the uh, Locust God and uh, we now Sage see of the, the Falls World or whatever. Spine Worm Xenagos version. Yes. So this would just be another world. version. Now, what I actually like about this idea is that so what's the what's the earliest you could in theory creativity for two? Um, uh big score on four, this on five generally how you'd go about it well there's three mana ones right i mean you run like prismari command for treasures so i don't know if it'd be as good maybe maybe it will so i mean the the zanagos world spine one is just a one turn kill yes you attack with a 30 30 haste trample kablamo but this one is really funny against rakdos I mean, this one's hilarious, right? This is what. So, creativity is a way to look at it because that's one of the angles we can look at. We could just try and cheat Bruna into play because Gazella's pretty castable, right? She's a four drop. Yeah. But we're looking to cheat Bruna into play. I mean, even with the um, the big score, there's like another part we could do. So, we can cheat them into play, but reanimation is also a sub theme. We can even still look at a shell with cards like big score. Yeah, just discard it. Discard Gazella. Yep. Yeah, but discard Gazella 
and use the treasures to cast Bruna early. So yeah. that's a shell we could be looking at. Do uh, like a then Mardu. you can run them as more as one-offs. You can, yeah, you can go in Mardu. It starts with Boros, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naya could work. Um, if you want to still have the creativity thing, that even allows you to run like a Seeker's Chariot and cards of a similar nature. The only thing if you do creativity... Uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. R- yeah. Well, oh, yeah, it can hit artifacts. Yeah. So you don't want to have artifacts if you can hit Chariot. Yeah, that's true. Can it hit uh, enchantments? No, it's uh, artifacts or creatures. Okay, yeah. So you you can put Fable in a deck with um, creativity. So yeah, I, I like uh, I like going either Boros or Mardu just to have like the extra like removal, like push Thoughtseize. Um, I think the black is kind of free in that kind of deck. Yeah, you can. Because um, you're not doing anything think, on turn uh, one, typically. No. I think another good card to run in this deck, um, which just came to mind immediately, and I guess we will go through the third step now. So the second step is like, what do we want to do? Well, we're thinking reanimation. Yep. We might be thinking cheating her into play, which could be from the deck with something like creativity or from the graveyard, um, you know, cheat Bruna into play. Uh, or we can put Gazella in the graveyard and ramp into Bruna and then just want to get him there. So now we're going to do the third one, which I've just called Scryfall. If you want to use <laughs> a inferior search engine, that's fine. But I use Scryfall <laughs> for everything because it's the best search. No, Scryfall is just so much better. Yeah, you said uh, an inferior. Oh, you yeah, you meant search for an inferior one. Yeah, Gatherer is just. Yeah, you, I don't. I don't know why anyone would use Gatherer. <laughs> I use Gatherer for the rulings, even though they copy those to Scryfall. But I'm going to assume Gatherer is at least ruling-wise, the most up-to-date one. Not legality, because I think islands were illegal in Pauper for, like, months, according to Gatherer. Yeah, they were. Probably a dream for a lot of Pauper players, but... Anyway, so we go to Scryfall, and we start searching for these type of things. So we're looking for things like discard. Uh, discard a card is a thing we could look for. Uh, create a treasure. We might search for keywords like... Put from library onto battlefield. Put from graveyard onto battlefield. We're just going to like... Th- this is just like a kind of skill you will develop if you use Scryfall more often. Being like, hey, I'm looking for a kind of effect. Um, how does this show up on cards? Uh, yesterday, I was talking to a friend of mine who was building a uh, commander deck. And we're thinking of like how the cards that give life links. So you look for things like... Um, has lifelink or have lifelink or gains lifelink and then you know eventually like if you know how to put all these words in you will know that you will find every card that can give a card lifelink um, without finding all the two mana two twos with lifelink that exist in this game so we go through these things we start finding some cards and a card for example that came in my head is final parting so it's a sorcery for five mana that says, search your library for two cards, put one into your hand and the other into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Well, that's easy. I put Gazella in the graveyard and Bruna into my hand. Yep. And now I cast Bruna, ta-da! We're done. Um, Could even use this. You obviously need some sort of ramp because final parting is five mana, Bruna is seven mana, so there's a turn there, but I mean, you can cast your six turn cleaning up the board, playing some board wipe. I mean... 
This is in um, white, so I can imagine turn five, final parting, turn six, farewell, make sure not to exile the graveyard, and turn seven, you do this. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a type of curve we're looking at. So, gone through step three, we have looked at Scryfall, and we have found some cards that can work with this. We found discard cards, we found... Um, discard or ramp or reanimation we've mm -hmm. maybe in terms of gazella or bruna you probably end up with multiple shells or like a lot of different ways to go about this so now we just like start brewing right we start brewing and we make sure the deck works like we have our plan okay cool i have final parting and gazella and bruna and we have a core of a deck now the fourth part to consider to this deck is um, what do we do if the deck doesn't do what it's supposed to be doing? Which I would consider, what is the fail state of this deck? Is the deck just twiddling its thumbs for 17 hours? Or are we doing something else? So if we have Gazella and Bruna, are we playing it in like an Orzov control shell? Mm -hmm. Well, what are we doing if we are not casting Gazella? Do we have Planeswalkers that we could play, like Sorin or Liliana? Uh, do we have removal spells? Do we have other win conditions in this game? And this is also kind of where tutors come in. Now, I think for Bruna and Gazella, like Final Parting is a very obvious tutor. There's going to be some strategies where you might not have a good tutor. For example, let's say we're playing an artifact deck, but we're in red. Well, then we mm -hmm. don't have a tutor, really, to go and get artifacts. So what do we do if we don't draw our artifact, if we are building our deck around one? Um, like, let's say we're building our deck around Dracuseth, like ramping out Dracuseth in mono red. Well, what does the deck do if it doesn't draw Dracuseth? That's what we're considering in this state. So, mm. um, And then... When we have that like idea together, so okay, so I'm playing Final Parting, Gazella. I'm just going off that example with Gazella, Final Parting, to try and set your combo up. And we have our fail state, so we know we are playing a control deck, so I want like Fatal Pushes and Farewells and Portable Holes and like those type of cards. And then we get to the final part, which is the quote-unquote easy one. We just start playing the game. So we have read our cards from top to bottom. We know what we want. We've been looking for cards. Um, we have considered our backup plan. And then we just have to start testing what works, what doesn't work. I can imagine for Gazella and Bruna, you have multiple shells. Like, is the creativity shell really just the Xenagos World Spine one but bad? Maybe you want to look at something else. Yeah, like it just comes down to like, and that goes back to your other step of just trying to figure out what your deck wants to do and trying to determine like if you're playtesting with it and you try plan A, which is like, let's say it's the creativity build and you're kind of going like, well, I die really easily to like early game stuff or I don't have a lot of stuff going off of that. And like my overall, like the objective of getting to it, to these two cards to like to meld them isn't really doing that much unless I'm in certain matchups where like all the removal is three or less. If I go up against someone that has, you know, 
sweepers or like like a control deck or whatever, for example, then you're struggling a bit more. So then you need maybe a bit more of a mid-range strategy that just kind of stumbles into it. So you kind of pivot to the reanimation thing where you have multiple reanimation targets and this is just one of them. Um, though this is a tough example because this is a tough one to yeah. make work. So we're start, we're definitely yeah, starting off a with a with a with a good one. Yeah, but with, I thought I'd start off with the one that initially started this with was the Patreon question. Yes. But uh, my thought where this sort of went to initially. So I have like the Gazella final parting thing, but then I'm thinking if I'm reading Bruna more, Bruna can reanimate any angel or human. So we True. could just run a more reanimator deck that just gets Bruna a Brazella when it can. Mm -hmm. So we're not honed in on, if we go to like the fourth step, what is the fail save? Well, the fail save is that we're just reanimating a Tovalar's Huntmaster instead. Yeah. Because that's a really big human. Yeah. That's, so then I'm thinking, that is a good one. maybe you want to go like an Upsum mid-rangey human shell. So I'm thinking... Asika's Chariot, Tovalar's Huntmaster. Um, you can... I mean, with Bruna, you probably don't want to reanimate a Brutal Cathar, but it's a card you could run. I mean, it's just a good um, mid-range card, good removal, it's on theme. Yeah, you exactly, you could just be on... Lords. Yeah, you could, have, you could have some things like Thalia, maybe, to, like, slow down your opponent a bit. It can be awkward with Final Parting, if that's, like, a card you're running, but... You know, final parting is five, Bruna is six, so if you're just, uh, seven, so if you're just fighting for the board, well, you can cast final parting for six, because it still curves into Bruna, what you want to be doing anyway, so it's not, like, devastating if your Thalia stays in play, because generally if you play a Thalia on two, and it's still alive on turn six, you're probably doing pretty well, or you draw a play set of Thalias. Yeah. And then you can so play thing, you uh, Liliana for discard, and then that's just good. You could play Liliana yep. for discard, so um, there's even, like, just other reanimation spells, right? If we're playing a Seeker's Chariot, could if, we if play you're an, Blood If you're an Abzan, that's true, that's true. That won't do. The Shieldred's uh, again, the, whatever. Yeah, the, the reanimation, kicker. I'm just slightly less keen on because Bruna is a cast trigger, and I really want to aim for Bruna Gazella. So cast Bruna Gazella. Uh, Gazella, because that seems the yeah. sort of like very obvious. It's very on the nose how they tried to make this card work for you. But you could just lean into being a Bruna reanimator deck and just having it in there. There's also in that way a degree of how badly do you want to win with Brazella? Like, as do you want to win with Brazella as many games as possible, mm -hmm. or do you just want to use it? Because if you're really keen on like, well, I don't want to win with Tovalar's Huntmaster because it's not Brazella. Well, then you're probably a bit more keen on like a um, Indomitable Creativity Shell because that only wins with Brazella. It just has no other cards that it can win with. So then you can lean into that more. But if you're already satisfied with just occasionally casting these cards, then you could be looking at a different kind of shell. Yeah, so like I think if you go with that route, then if you go with I like the mid range one a bit more, and then you play more of the uh, what's her name? I keep mixing the two of them up. Uh, you play more Gazella, like you play like three or four of those. Like that's your main thing, and you only play like one Bruna, 
that like you might just stumble into eventually. But the main idea is to like actually like pick up like these different humans or if you go into the angel like the, maybe this can be in like the angel deck. It does have flying first strike and lifelink as a four drop and it can reanimate your resplendent angel. Your uh, what's the three, the new three drop that pumps everything when you have seven or more life from your starting life total. Um, so like maybe oh, the uh, righteous that. Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah. This could just find itself into angels too. Mm-hmm. You just do like a non Coco one more mid rangey. Uh, like maybe you dip into black for like the like the one from um, the one that makes spirits the four three angel. There's even an angel that allows you to demonic tutor. I think. Yeah, I thought it was some angel from Kaldheim that like just allows you to search your library for any card. Well, that's a good way to set up a similar combo too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. also if you're in black, which I feel like you're gonna have to be in black. It's just always the color that helps you set up your graveyard. Um, get access to stuff like Thoughtseize. Yep. Uh, means you're not as dead to control without having to resort to running blue yourself. So it allows you to be in more colors. Yeah, I think like some Upsum mid-rangey shell. You could either play a little bit more like humans-based, go things like Thalia, or you could maybe go a bit more ramp-based, run things like Sylvan Caryatid, maybe even Wolf Willow Haven. Like, and try to make that, like, two to four jump. And then on four, you could play, like, a chariot or yeah. some other similar card. And then you could play and Siege then... Rhino. No. All right. If only you could bring Siege Rhino back with Bruna, then we could have broken it. That would have been really we sick. Finally had a good Siege Rhino. Obviously, you can... Uh, an even crazier shell... Is this is also a seven... You could do some stupid enigmatic fire stuff with this. Oh, yeah, that's actually funny. Sack your ley line, grab a Bruna. Like, oh, but it also it already triggers at the beginning of your end step. That's really annoying. Because mm. Gazella also triggers at the beginning of your end step. Yeah. Well, we almost got there. We almost got there, but I mean, actually. Five-color domain, you've got that draw spell, and it puts the rest to your graveyard. And you still have the Leyline Binding, because it's just Leyline Binding is just a cracked card. So anyway, True. that's the type of thing I'd be going to. If I want to go Gazella Bruna, I'd be in a slower deck. Because yeah. I want to get this thing going. No, I agree. I agree. Now, in terms of, like, if you want to have the quick thing, like, how much success do I think this has? This sounds, on paper... Like, you're playing Upson Grease Fang. Like, half your cards are probably going to be the same, but the other half of your deck is worse. So, like, mm. do you, I don't think you can crack this, but yeah. I think you can make this work, especially because Bruna Gazella is just so on the nose that it's not actually, like, hard to enable. You just have to not die. I think, I think it could Especially with Final Parting. Like, if you cast Final Parting on five... You just have to spend turns one through four and six not dying. Yep. And then on seven, you cast one card and you get a nine, ten, first strike vigilance flying lifelink. That means your opponent no longer can cast spells. You probably win that game. Yeah, especially if you're going against another mid-range deck that all their removal is three or less anyway, because that's what you want to be doing. Yeah, I would have to call a judge, though. If I cast Extinction Event, what I have to name... (laughs) 
in order to kill it. I think I because think it, I it's think it's automatically Zella's even. backside, so it's four. No, it's both of them. Or, or it's both backsides. That is both of them. I th- I think it's even. I think it's even because there's no convert mana cost on the back. Or maybe do you add the the, the mana value to both? If you of them? add them together, it's eleven. Like, wait, is this just on Scryfall? I think on Scryfall it shows you. No, it doesn't here. Hmm. Um. I don't know. Judge? Judge? Anyway, so we have the shell, we have the five steps. So now we have other cards. Uh, pet cards that people have sent in. And we can kind of see if we can run f- some of them through the steps. Some of them aren't mm-hmm. going to be as build aroundy as other cards might be. But we'll see where we get. So what's the next one? So the next one we have from Lapsus. And he has says, Deathrite Shaman and how to make a control player cringe. Well, how to make a control player cringe is really easy. You register four copies of Mystical Dispute. Um, that, that real cringe, <laughs> but Deathrite Shaman is Deathrite Shaman is an interesting one because it's such a like, like a cog in the machine, right? It's not really a build around, yeah, per se. So I would just more be looking at a kind of deck it goes in. Now my first thought is that if people want to play Deathrite Shaman, I feel like they are just thinking of. Grixis Delver in Legacy. So they want to play it like a small ball type of car kind of gameplay. I don't think they're thinking, oh, Upzon, Grease Fang, but there's a Mana Dork in there now. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, that's been tried in Grease Fang. I didn't really care for it, especially now that we have Liliana. Yeah, but um, it's also not even really the Deathrite Shaman gameplay. I feel like Deathrite Shaman, you want to enable that you can like use all these modes, right? So yes. you're looking at being maybe like a like a Golgari or a Sultai shell. Try yeah, with I Delver. I don't think I just I don't think it, yeah, I think you're right. It's not much of a build around card per se. It's just a a card that slots in. Cause I think like because it's like what are you doing with it? Like you're ramping into something and like it's incidental graveyard hate as well for your opponent. Um that can benefit you. But it just sounds like you're playing a uh an Abzan mid-range deck, you know. I, f- I feel like if people want to play Deathrite Shaman, you're trying to make it a one-card win condition. So you want to do that, like, small ball gameplay. So you want to at least be in black. Mm-hmm. Because black is the one that makes your opponent lose life, as opposed to the green one, which gains you life. And if you're trying to be a one-card win condition, I would be at least trying to, like, kill my opponent with it. You can be so- in... Jund, and you can run what's her name? The god, three mana god, Clothus. Clothus, that's a pretty cool one. You're kind of competing for eating the graveyard here, but you can you can find ways to fill it. You're playing Jund. True, but like Jund with that new Tarmogoyf. Yeah, but that's a Sultai Goyf. We could just play him for. Yeah, but then you can't you can't double kick then. Yeah, and you also can't eat creatures because you would shrink your goif. Hmm. 
that's why Charmin's an awkward one. Yeah. But I'd, I'd probably be... I'd just be looking to emanate the um, the legacy deck. It's also just like we have so few cheap ways to fuel graveyards because it's the reason that um, Delve spells are still legal. Like we've got no Thought Scour or something, right? To like set this up. Uh, we got Stitcher Supplier, no, but I don't have, want to run Stitcher Supplier in A. That's the one mana mill five, right? That's Tome Scour. Tome, oh, okay. Well, we have that. Thought Scour is the one, one mana mill two draw a card, which would oh. immediately get Phoenix to be a tier zero deck. Yeah. A tier we, minus one deck. It would just be so we, much better than everything else. We don't have that. But we do have, we have Tome Scour. I think that was someone else's bet card. So may, maybe we can, we can mix them here. All right. Um, second one we have from T-Bell, which is Traverse the Ulvenwald. Uh, Delirium. Which I fucking which, love this card. Yeah, I, I just love Delirium. Yeah, this, this this was even a deck that was pretty good a while ago. Uh, but that was with Uro, I think, still. Yes, Soul Died Delirium with Uro. I tried Jund with Croxa. It's not quite as good. But, you know, still still good. I, I sold Traverse the Ulven one in Greasefang the other day, where I thought was interesting. Yeah, I used to try it in Greasefang. It used to be like a... You, there used to be a version where you did run Traverse as a couple of copies, or even three or four copies. Uh, just like to be like a tutor. Which, you know, is fine. Obviously, an easy easier way to enable Delirium used to be Walking Ballista, because you would just played for zero and get two card types but for traverse the ulvenwald i would be i mean i i would probably just be playing like i, I think at this point i'd just be playing the rock or yeah you could be playing junt and it's the way that you get your solve wind grace like you just don't want to run you don't want to run too many of that card because it does like clunk up your hand a little bit but it is a very mm. powerful card so I think Jund could be like an interesting one because you can run Solve Wind Grace, you could run like a Clothis. So I think in red there's some cool cards to tutor up. Like when we sold this in standard, it was all Sultai because Uro. Yeah. Right? So like there was no Uro was really good. There was no other game plan there. Like you wanted interaction and Uro. But you, I think now You do have uh, joint exploration. As an additional growth spiral effect, if you go into Soul Tie now for Delirium, is that the like? It's two mana. Sprite two, Spr yeah, Sprite two, kicker. So it's three mana if you want to get an extra land in, but very least it's two mana. Scry two, draw a card. It's it's basically um, the instant version of uh, the uh, the enchantment that you play in like fires the blue one, the Omen of the Sea. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So at the very least, it's an Omen of the Sea. But for three mana, it's a grow spiral tacked on Omen of the Sea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think Sultai. But then I feel like that's just an instant, and I don't think instant is the hard part of enabling. Um, but, I mean, in those colors, you could still run Chariot, right? I'm just thinking, like, Chariot is a decent artifact. Um, if you're playing a slower deck, Hangerback Walker is not the worst card. It's not walking ballista, but it's not terrible. Are there other like Stone Coil Serpent? Yeah, is not a bad artifact creature that you could run and just cast it for zero. 
you obviously have I mean, just uh, Fatal Push, Thoughtseize. Yeah, yeah, but I was thinking like that's a bit harder to get in the graveyard. So if we're trying to get yeah, uh, Delirium, it, it legend rules itself, and it's it is a it is a target that has like immediately on its back, people are trying to kill it. Yeah, I I would still play it, but I'm just thinking if I want to have something else to enable Delirium a bit more. But we have could be looking at like good enchantments here. I think cloth is is obviously a good enchantment. Um. You could go in like if you if you do go Jun Delirium, you can go in Fable the Mirror Breaker. Is <laughs> pretty nice. True Delirium. It's it's an enchantment that people have to yeah. So I think I think Jund would be like a really cool place to try traverse the Ovenwald in because you have Fable as like a discard as an enchantment that people basically have to kill otherwise they lose the game. So yeah. would you like to enable my Delirium or lose? Uh, you still get all the good delirium cards because you're in green. So you get your Ishkanas, you get your uh, your Jund, you can get Murderous Riders. So you have a tutorable Heroes Downfall. Yeah, which was pretty cool when people figured that out in Sultai. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, that's what I definitely did. Um, what are other things I was running? I'm actually let me pull up real quick my my Jund delirium list that I was playing with for the longest time. Um. And see if so. Just type in Jund, Jund Delirium V3. All right, so I was playing two Croxa, four Seder Wayfinder, one Gloom Shrieker, two Griever Trespasser, two Murderous Rider, one Tyros Tracker, one Hazaret, one Kalidus, one Glorybringer, one Ishkana. Uh, I was playing one Lily of the Last Hope. Now you can just play. Leon of the Veil now. One Chandra, one Soren, one Vraska. Because because I was also playing two Oath of Nyssa for enchantments. But I think switching to Fable will be better. And trimming down on the uh, different types of Planeswalkers. Just going straight up like three Liliana. And then like three Fable. Seems better. I love the Hazard too. Like, yeah. Good card to tutor up. In a pinch, uh, discard the discard ability. Yeah, the discard ability allows you to potentially deliver uh, enable delirium. Yeah, and just that, I'm like fan of delirium. Yeah, Jun gets your soul of wind grace too, and I think soul of wind grace is a powerful card. But pioneer just I feel like lacks the powerful lands. Because we're not doing any field of the dead, malarkey, no Urza saga, no so like. What land are we grabbing? Like, are we grabbing like Cradle of the Accursed or something? <laughs> You're just what grabbing like your fables, I guess. or something. Which, like... Well, Jim, uh, Soul of Windgrace can only grab lands, right? No, I'm talking about Fable Passage. Oh, yeah, Fable Passage, not Fable the Mirror Breaker. Eh, it's very consistent revolt, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think if, I think you're in a different deck if you're going Soul of the Wind Grace. I would rather go into a, a, a Lands Matters deck with like Soul of the Wind Grace and like uh, the one we did on the commentary, the the Golgari one, just going to Jun with uh, what's that? The 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 the, the, the oh the Dread Presence. Yeah, I'd rather do that type of shit. Yeah, true. I agree. But I do think going into uh, what's it called? Just 
delirium in general with fable is a good idea liliana and just having your toolboxy thing i do think now i think about it just stocking up on fables and like uh you're basically what you're gonna end up doing is you're gonna be kind of doing like a jund impression of rakdos midrange with the main cards of being like Lilian and Fable, but running a toolbox uh, instead. And then you get access to Abrupt Decay, Assassin's Trophy, and still push Thoughtseize. You can run like a, some number of Grizzly Salvage. Abrupt Decay is very good right now, I feel like. Hits Lilian in the mirror. Uh, hits Trespasser without oh, that's true. giving a shit about war. That's true. You probably have a pretty good matchup against uh, Rakdos, I would imagine. Right? Yeah, if you got your Clothis too, Clothis, um, Hazaret, if you're going in that direction. I feel like you've got some pretty good grabs versus that deck. You can run Shield. I'm a bit worried post board because I feel like your graveyard's going to be under attack and your toolbox kind of dies. True. But that's that's kind of an issue I have with Traverse anyways at the moment. So if I'm thinking, like, how good is this going to be? I do feel like you're just doing a poor... Well, not poor, but you're doing a Rakdos mid-range impression. You and you're just, like, not as clean. Right? You're doing Rakdos with extra stabs. Yeah, and the reason Soltai was so good is because of Uro. Because of that, you just get out of control. It's also different colors. You get different, like, uh, just different cards in general. It doesn't do a Rakdos mid-range impersonation. It does something completely on its own axis, which it, we don't have that anymore. Um, I guess you can go Goif to help fuel Delirium, the new Goif that's in Soltai. Yeah, you'd be looking at Soltai, maybe. I mean, the Goif does look pretty good, honestly, so... But yeah. All right, what's the next one? What is the next one? This one's very specific, so I feel like this is almost one where we can just kind of like give our two cents. Um, Sean B says, Thassa Deep Dwelling, specifically in Niftalite. And he says, your creatures it can hit are Niv itself, Omnath, Wandering Mind. What's Wandering Mind? Wandering oh, that's three the mana. three mana, two yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, elite Guard Mage, Hostage Taker. And as I said, also has an ability which completely nullifies Boros Heroic. Wait, how? I need to read this card real quick. I cannot think off the top of my head what that would... Is there more text beyond bouncing shit? Or blinking shit? Well, it's got four mana, tap another target creature. Okay, yeah, I guess that's fine. Um, then I would want I would want to play that in a fires type of deck because I want to have that four mana open as often as possible. Ooh, fires is nice. But then you're not Niv. But I don't think you want to play fires and Niv. I mean, it's an easy way, easy way on a budget. Fix your mana. I just play mono red Niv. <laughs> yeah. If I don't have a fires, I can't cast any of my cards. But the thing Shit. with Niv is it plays like a lot of interaction, uh, and a lot of those are instant speed, like Vanishing Verse, K-Command, they'll bring in Dobin's Veto and stuff like that, and you can't really utilize that if you have Fires out. So, I don't but know. But I, I feel like with this card, I would not try and build around it at all. And just kind of do what I do with Bolas in Grixis, where I just like 
I run one because honestly running one pet card in a otherwise you know deck that's not built around it or like hindered at all by the inclusion of the pet card you just run mm-hmm. one because it's cool then like and sometimes that just wins you a game and sometimes you draw it and you're like darn wish this was the stock card but whatever you just gotta move on yeah no i get that so it, it's tutorable with um btl so you just find it whenever it is actually good and otherwise you're probably just even not even gonna see it uh i don't think there's a lot of looting effects in niv right no not really you could play the new no, uh, the so new two drop from dominaria which one the demir one that loots oh the the merfolk yeah well is it a merfolk it's demir i think it is a one two merfolk or something yeah but yeah with th- with this one i would just like if if you really like this card, I think this card's really awesome. I would I would just put it in and just not think about it too much. Yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, like what's the effect on the deck? Minor. But if you want to build like, around this card could... in particular, uh like uh outside of Niv, Blink decks are fun. Like the the cloud bullshit, the five drop that draws two cards, uh Panamarnicon, um Oh, I'm always just in for this card. I'm just in the like claim the firstborn your opponent's card and then blink it, but you get to keep it. And that's what I like with this card. Is that how that works? Faza says at the beginning of your end step, exile up to one other target creature you control, mm-hmm. then return the card to the battlefield under your control. Well, all these cards say under its owner's control, but this one doesn't say that. So if you just Kari's F's expertise a card with Thassa, you blink it, you get to keep it. Hmm. Because um, people Intriguing. did this in Standard with, I think it was called the, a Crowan War or something that would like yeah. steal one of your opponent's creatures until that Saga left the battlefield. And then before the Saga went off, you would just like have Thassa in play and just be like, nope, not the same game object anymore. And you would lose the Akroan War, but it wouldn't matter because you got to keep the creature. That's pretty cool. Like, I think that's, like, a really cool way to be with Thassa. Like, Teamer. No, not Teamer. Uh, is it keep your stuff? Steal your stuff and keep your stuff. I do like, as a sack player, I do really enjoy stealing my opponent's shit. Because nothing feels better than claim the firstborn one of their creatures and then be like, I'm going to sack it to Witch's Oven. Um, well, I, I do like keeping it. Like, there's no way, there's no card, like, no more way that I like more in Magic than to win with my opponent's cards. Yeah. Like, if I get to, like, play my Bolas and steal a loyalty ability from an opponent, I just, that wins me, that turns the game around. Like, they have an enchantment in play I can't deal with, but they're empty-handed, I have, like, an Ashok, and I just, like, cool, bounce it, you exile it, and I'm like, just the best. That feels good. Just put Gonti in all your commander decks. <laughs> all right, and target the play and, and target the players that get tilted by it. That's the most fun. Like I still remember that was not with Gonti, but that was with Flipped Nickel Bolas the Ravager. I killed my opponent's Scarab God. This yep. is in Commander, but 
I killed my opponent's Scarab God. Then I played... I think I played Fire Nicobola's Dragon God. Stole the minus four of my own... Well, copied of my own Bolas to reanimate their Scarab God so they wouldn't get it back in their end step. And then used the Scarab God to reanimate their own God... I think it was... No, not God Eternal with Ketra, but the Amon Ketra Ketra. Yeah. So it was just like, I take your card that you were about to get back, except you don't, and now I'm just going to steal your whole graveyard over the course of two turns. But this player hated it when you played with their cards, and I was just like, I'm not beating you with your own card. I am beating you with your own deck. Like, <laughs> just your whole deck. Mine. Our deck. <laughs> Play Gonti, target you, obviously. Blink him, target you again. God. I get why he didn't want to play with me anymore. Um, <laughs> right. I played with him last night, but I didn't get to cast a Gonti. Otherwise, I would have targeted him. Um, card after. This person even comes with a whole shell for a deck and a card I have never heard of, which is doesn't happen very often, so congratulations. Uh, other than then they're like... I love. Did you see that Saffron Olive tweet about the pauper ban? Yeah. It's like, this is the first time that I've seen a BNR where I don't know what any of the cards do. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. But um, what was the name? The third says, my pet card is Assault Formation. A classic. Uh, it's probably my favorite enchantment, and I played various cards when it was decks with the card when it wasn't standard, ended up with a version that has... Tide Drifter and Benthic Infiltrator in standard. And wait, what's Benthic Infiltrator do? Oh yeah, that one's cool. So this is just a assault formation. For the people who don't know what it does, assault formation just says creatures you control sign combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Uh, so they had a swing for butt. And for green, you could say target creature with defender can attack the stern as if it didn't have defender. Easy way to go about it is to just don't play defenders, but just play things with high toughness. And for two and a green, creatures you control get plus O plus one until end of turn. I think what I miss the most... So I'll, I'll read the card that I didn't know, which is Tide Drifter. Well, and I guess I didn't know Benthic Infiltrator, but I did recognize it at least. Tide Drifter, one of the blue, for an O5 Eldrazi drone with Devoid... Other colorless creatures you control get plus O plus one. O three Ornithopter. Let's go. Um, so we got a deck. So we have just like there's some card draw in there too. I see Grove Spiral, Memory Deluge, uh, Glorious Sunrise from which one's this again? And Crimson Vow. Oh, is this the enchantment? Yeah. Yeah, I I played this in uh I played a really bad uh enchantment deck and I this was like a one of in the deck. It's cool. Beginning combat choose one. Creatures you could draw plus one plus one and gain trample. Draw a card. Gain life. It just does yeah. things. It does things. There's a lot of text on this card, but it is a five mana card. I think a cool thing I would look at when I'm looking at uh, assault Formation, which I'm missing here, is we have more Assault Formation cards. The easiest one, I believe, is Watley from War of the Spark, yep. which I'm pretty sure has the same 
Tex and, and it's also a three mana card. Three, yeah, three mana Pineswalker. I think there's also a dinosaur from Ixalan, but that is like a seven drop, so I probably wouldn't play that. Uh, cool includes here as a tower defense, one on a green for an instant. Creature you control get plus O plus five and reach until end of turn. So it's a salt formation and that just gives your creatures plus five power. Uh, Benthic Infiltrator, so already. Um, two and a blue for a 1-4 with Devoid Ingest. Which was? Let's ingest again. Uh, when it does combat damage to a player, that player exiles the top card of their library. Okay. And Benthic Pyromant uh, Infiltrator can be blocked. So we already see Benthic Infiltrator that can be blocked. But a card that I think is can be really cool in these decks. Now, not as many includes in here because you like Voidcrafter has two power, Stone Cold Serpent will have multiple power. But, um. Two drop, the legendary. Tetsu yeah, Tatsumo Umezawa, I think she's called. Creatures with power one or less can't be blocked. Yeah. At no, least it's, it's two or less. Is it two or less? I thought. I could have sworn. Maybe I'm just dumb. One. Aww. Tetsuko Umezawa, Fugitive, one in the blue for a 1-3, legendary creature, human rogue. Creatures you control with power or toughness, one or less, can be blocked. Oh, there's also High Alert is an enchantment that I believe does the same thing. Yes. That's the Zorius enchantment, right? Three mana? Yeah, and Zorius enchantment, one white, blue, same text. Uh, each creature you control, toughness rather than power. Uh, creatures you control can attack us, though they didn't have Defender, so that just blank it says that. And for two blue and white, untapped target creature. So it gives you a bit of a mana sink. So I think, uh, obviously the people listening can't see the whole list, but I'll give like some semblance of a rundown here. The deck has 21 creatures, two of them Golos, four of them Stone Cold Serpent. Uh, I think Voidcrafter isn't great. Three mana for a 2 4. The Void Flash when it enters the battlefield. Another target creature you control gains Hexproof until end of turn. It's a bit of protection, but like, you're not really defending anything important. And the card is very, like, inefficiently statted. Even with an Assault Formation out, it is a three mana 4 4, which is fine. But with Defender Tribal. We can be looking in like one mana five five infant um, territory. Yeah, I think this deck. I currently see it being Simic. I would like you can go into white and play high alert if you because I want more than four assault formation. This deck is built around assault formation. Uh, if we're talking about right, we go back to the steps we were talking about. What's the fail safe? Well, if this card deck doesn't draw Assault Formation, we're just, like, Stone Coil Serpent Beats. Like, we're not really doing anything else here. So, if I'm looking at this deck, even though I think Tide Drifter is cool, I don't know if we want to lean into the colorlessness so much, because I'm thinking cards like that 05 Turtle from Ikoria. Yep. Uh, the one mana 05... Uh, I kind of like Turtle. Ornithopter, but yeah, Aegis Turtle. There's a bunch of different ones. There's like, I think now there's like a broker card from um, New Capenna that is like a one mana 04. I do think that is in white, but there's a bunch of these different like cards. There's some walls. 
Because what I want to be doing when I'm playing Assault Formation is I've I've played decks like this in Standard. I played like Arcades um, in Standard. I want to have very cheap creatures with high toughness. So I'm seeing Benthic Infiltrator is a three drop for uh, four toughness. Voidcrafter another three drop for void tough uh, four toughness. I just want to play like all the ones and twos. Maybe even like Arboreal Grazer, uh, Aegis Turtle. There's like one mana O fours. I just want to be playing all those cards and then. Um, Tatsuko Umezawa, um, Assault Formation, and some extra Assault Formation. So if you're in white, high alert. If you don't want to go into white, you could play the Watley, because I think all her pips are hybrid. So I think you can play her mono green. I think she's one Celestia hybrid, Celestia hybrid. Mm. That card also has some life gain on it. Yeah, the thing uh, I do like the tower defense. I see the Grove Spiral Memory Deluge. I think that's just kind of like going away from your game plan. Yeah, I'd rather have more because the idea with this is they're going with the Eldrazi thing. This goes to our like the the step where you decide how you want to build around it. What do you want to do with it? And they went with this Eldrazi game plan with the Tide Drifter because you want colorless stuff, and the colorless creatures get a little bit of a pump uh, to their uh, to their toughness. I'm pretty sure there are other lords that do this, but give more than plus O plus one. Even if that's not the case, I could imagine your plan B not really working that well, where at least if you go in a route where you go into Bant for white, or like you get access to like Hyler, Arcades, um, things like that, and then you can play like the Crab, like, you go away from this, you know, this Eldrazi game plan. You go into just straight-up, like, Defender, like, 05, 04, you know, 1-6, those kind of, like, that kind of tribal. Or, in the Crab's case, a 4-mana 017. And you go with that route, and you just pile up more of these cards and then more of these Assault Formation effects. Then you're probably going to have a bit better of a plan to go with. Because um, I could see this deck... Because then you don't need to play Growth Spirals and Memory Deluge to kind of ramp a little bit to have more mana to spend on your three mana uh, cards or your X Stone Cold Serpents to have more of those to make a bigger one of that. Because then Stone Cold Serpent doesn't even matter when it comes to uh, the Assault Formation effect because it gets that many possible encounters. So it's, yeah, if so it's a 5-5, five, five, it's still dealing 5 no matter what. So there's a way where I'm seeing here that the deck is actually trying to have a backup plan. So we're thinking, like, what's the fail state? Well, I have Stone Cold Serpent Beats. Yeah. I have Golos. There's a World Tree in here. So I, I can Golos for the World Tree, and then I can cast all my weird, uh, like, a spin the wheel with uh, Golos. I see Glorious Sunrise as, like, a grind card. I'm thinking Assault Formation. I don't want to do that. Also, but with Glorious Formation doesn't I want to be on one of the modes. Draw a card if you control a yeah, creature cause... with power three or greater. You don't have that very often. You don't have that at all unless so... it's a Stone Cold Serpent or a Golos. Or Golos. So what I would want to do in this deck, because I, I, I see the mana base too. I see like... Uh... Oh, no, it's actually fine. But in this deck, I want to go all in on game plan A. 
I think there really is no plan B with yep. Assault Formation because you are just loading your deck up with cards that are bad by themselves. But if you go for Assault Formation and Watley, let's say you run a place that are both. You have eight Assault Formations. Like your fill save is your opponent blows up your Assault Formation. Mm-hmm. Well, I just play a bunch of walls, or not even maybe walls, but just high toughness creatures. And I just wait because I have a million toughness in blockers, so it's going to be hard for my opponent to kill me in most of the decks. And then for four mana, I'm just going to go Assault Formation Umezawa and just win. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. If, if I'm going to spend, like, turn one, I'm going to play, like, an Arboreal Grazer. On turn two, I play... Um, I mean, you, you could maybe run the Ornithopter. But, like, just imagine the curve. You go, like, Arboreal Grazer, Ornithopter. On turn three, you just drop a play set of Aegis Turtle. That's on turn two, actually. And on turn three... You play Assault Formation and Tatsuko in the same turn and just swing for 20. Unblockable. Like, you don't really need a fail-save as much. I mean, yeah, if they counter your Assault Formation, but they're just fucked anyway. Yeah. Uh, a way to solve this could be to have some manlands. So if you're a bit soft to control because you're so reliant on Assault Formation, you could just play a bunch of manlands. You're in blue yourself. You could have some counter magic. Right to even try and protect it if you're trying if you're very worried about um, control. If you want to if you want to wait, you get the uh, giant ox, or it's just a van- at that point it's just a vanilla O six because you're probably not playing any fucking vehicles. But who cares? It's a vanilla O six. <laughs> yeah, that's also a good way to go into. So uh, anyway, um, I think if we go back to the scheme, like the the five steps, this deck is built with a like. With considerable attention to the failsafe, but I think by leaning into the failsafe, you have disrupted your plan A too much. Mm. I think people who've been playing modern for a long time will remember this, where there used to be a devoted druid combo deck, and eventually they put Collected Company in there, and then they put Kitchen Finks in there, and then it the deck became known as Celestia Company because it's plan B, you know, just random beat down with garbage like Kitchen Finks, basically became its plan A. And the deck, at least in my opinion, the deck became a really shitty magic deck because it had leaned into its dorky beat down game plan rather than trying to power up its main game plan. And I think that's like a case that can happen uh, in decks here too. Also, in this particular deck, if you're going to go with the Carlos thing, where's Gleaming Barrier? Which one's that again? That's the two mana 04 artifact creature wall. Defender, when it dies, make a treasure. Eh? Hmm, not bad. Because, I mean, it, it, uh, Soul Formation makes so that they can... Uh... Yeah, you do have to spend one mana, but not the end of the world. Um, I don't know if Watley can do that, though. So if you're playing Defenders, then you well, are I very would, reliant on I would try to not formation. play Defenders. I would just go with... Yeah, I just wouldn't play Defenders in this. 
Like, I, I think that is, like, a good thing I see in this list. They just ignored that, like, you can make your defenders attack and just don't play defenders. Yeah, I would just go with, like, four Aegis Turtle, um, four... I'd probably go into white for high alert. That way, another reason to go into white is because now you can get Dovin's Veto out of the sideboard and some other white spells in general, um, or, like, Azoria spells. Silence. Yeah. I think silence can be really good if you're setting up for that assault formation uh, Umezawa kill. Yep. Just play the silence. Want to fight over the silence? Okay. Dovin's veto. Okay. Now, because you probably don't even need Umezawa versus control, so I probably just take that out. And then you could just use your Dovin's vetoes and your silences to fight over your assault formation, and you just build a bunch of dinky walls, and then. You play Soul Formation, you win. Also, if you go into white, you get access to Slaughter the Strong. Oh, there is two Watley in this deck sideboard, any, by the way. I just only just noticed that. So I just moved those into the main. But um, if you are in white, you get Slaughter the Strong. And that's probably the best card in this deck, other than Assault Formation. Yeah. So for people who don't know what Assault, what Slaughter the Strong does. Um, I played against an Arcades deck yesterday, so I happen to know what it does. So I had forgotten it existed, but I was like, oh, yeah. Each player chooses up to four power worth of creatures, and everything else dies. But your deck doesn't have any points of power. And it's three mana. It's one white-white, so you just get to keep your whole board. And your opponent's board is, like, mostly gone, unless you're playing against, like, Phoenix Chick. Uh, red aggro with a million one power creatures but even then you're playing a bunch of walls though phoenix chick i guess is flying but that's like their only thing with flying and you could but you can play like nyx fleece ram if you're playing Hotly, you just gain five or six life every turn player a boreal crazer that fucking thing has reach <laughs> and it, yeah yeah and you can just yeah incidental ramp so i mean that's kind of cool a boreal grazer is great um so, moving on to the next card, we spent quite a bit of time talking about Assault Formation, but I do think it was a decent exercise, and uh, also thank you for providing a deck list, so we had a bit more to bounce off. Um, the next one is by, let's see, 34-inch Bims. Don't know what a Bim is, but... A Bim? As just Bim, B-I-M-S. Uh, I feel like I'm being baited and we have to bleep this, or... <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Anyway, simple answer. Explanation point, Embercleave. Well, I think Embercleave is, like... Being played right now. <laughs> Embercleave is just a really good card. Like, there's not that much we have to add. Yeah, go like, wide. we've got the Phoenix chick. Have fun. Um, the only thing is, it's... Played less now because a lot of people are playing Obosh and Embercleave is even. I so think that's wrong, I think to be I think you should just play the good cards. I think if you want to like throw it up, but you want to have like a, a starting off point, you start with the Obosh list. You cut the Obosh. You find room to add. Uh, you you cut the Obosh. You add Embercleave, and you find the room to add some carry zaps. Yeah. Yeah. Carries of is great in this kind of deck. Oh yeah, and don't forget your annex. 
True. Because I too would like to win the game with one card. Yeah, that's what well, I two cards technically, in, uh, but one annex to just yeah, play three annex. Good card. Um, this one's right up your alley, uh, Brad, because you played this for a while. Ooh. Uh, Revain says Liliana, heretical healer in John Citadel. Yeah, um, Liliana's really cool. I think. Like she's just so much fun and like like going to the backside of her. Um like any of those origins, uh what's it called? Just the origins style um planeswalkers, if I could speak. Those are always just fun to play with. I I think my pet card out of those that cycle was actually the Chandra in Burn. Uh the um because the flipping it and just getting the extra damage was always fun to me. Well, heretical Especially hero, fun with Torbran. Yes. Tapper, and she immediately does three. Yeah. Uh, heretical hero, Healer is really cool. Um, three mana, two, three. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, exile, uh, transformed to make a two-two black zombie as well. So he's behind a body. So built-in protection to kind of replace the thing that died. Good flavor because killed her brother. <laughs> uh, he's a zombie. Um, plus two. Each player discards a card. So kind of like the of the Veil. Um Minus X, return target non-legendary creature with mana value X from your graveyard to the battlefield. So the thing you sacked could come back, potentially. Um, minus 8, you get an emblem with whenever a creature dies, return to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. So that's really cool. So yeah, I think in like a Jun Citadel or like a Golgari Citadel, that one's it's really fun. It's hard to fit it because you run a good chunk of three drops in that you run four catacomb sifter four of the uh the woe strider so going up to but then i mean look look at rakdos right running 12 fucking four drops or three drops i'm sorry this card is just fun. yeah you can get liliana in there i'm sure it just gives you that little bit of extra reach um to kind of like close out some games um I don't think there's that much thought process to, you know, where she can go. Cause you can go into a lot of sack decks. You can play her in like regular Racto sack. Um, like, cause cat oven, you go, you know, turn one oven, turn two, like kit, get the cat down. And like maybe another, like, uh, like one drop, like, uh, the red one, the unlucky witness, stuff like that. And then you just turn three, slam this down cat oven. You have a flip to Liana and then you have a two, two zombie as well. Um, is additional blocking and stuff like that. So that's anything that's sacking is great for this. Yeah, I'm. I'm just more thinking, sort of as like a question. We've had some cards we were thinking about, like assault formation. We just spend a whole bunch of time um, talking about how to completely build around assault formation and like what cards to add, etc. When we talk about Thassa, we were like. Just chuck it in the deck, it's fine. Um, yeah. Run your pet card. What do you think, what are you on with like this Liliana? Do you just chuck one in, sit it down and be like, yeah, cool, it's going to be fun? Or would you try and build like, uh, there's creatures in Magic, like let's think, not this one specifically, because that would be terrible, but do I want to play a card like Fanatical Firebrand that can sack itself to immediately trigger? Or like, am I going to run, run cards like that? Or 
would I just leave it? I just I think you it. just call a day. Yeah, I think this is one of those you have to just slot it in to a deck that's already established, like a something that runs like you know Priest of the Forgotten Gods or like Cat Oven, something that's super easy for it to get turned on, um, and then stuff that you're happy to bring back. Uh, also, in Citadel, minusing getting back uh, like keep combo pieces like um, uh, Zulfur Cutthroat or uh, Innkeeper from the Grave because of her is really sweet. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah I don't think she on paper yeah she's a build around right, but in practice we already have decks that are she slots right into. Where you don't need to build around her because it's just the perfect home. It's like when Obnixos came out, you're like, yeah, it goes in the sack, kind of thing. Like that's that's yeah, the home. Like, not building Devil Tribal to benefit of the plus. We're just throwing it in a deck that's yeah. already good. I wish we had more devils to play. Yeah, I'm gonna play Fiend, uh, Fiend Devil, Fiend Artisan. Was no, not Fiend Artisan. Uh, yeah, what's the 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 devil the that, that's literally just the, it's the token it's it's one hybrid practice mana and it's the exact same as the devil token it dies you ping something yeah fiend artisan I'm pretty sure no fiend artisan's the uh, the two mana from oh, Icoria yeah. um. might just, it might just straight up be like fiend devil regardless so yeah I think it, it's pretty easy to figure out for Liliana just slot it in have fun with it she's awesome. I don't think you can go wrong with any Liliana card being played in a deck. No, there's there's few bad Lilianas. They're out there, but there's few. Um, I couldn't find it yet, but it dawned on me. It's Footlight Fiend. There you go. Don't know how that name just came back to me. Um, Next one is Graph Reaver from Bridger. So, Graph Reaver, for people who don't know, I'm actually surprised this card has seen like zero play. Uh, Graph Reaver is one on a black for a zombie warrior with ex- a 3 3 for two mana for a 3 3 with exploit. When this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. When Graph Reaver exploits a creature, destroy Darker Planeswalker. At the beginning of your upkeep, Graph Reaver deals one damage to you. I think, and there's again, there's not much of a build around because this is just like a tech-ish card. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at a two mana three three zombie slash warrior, which are both aggro decks in black. So this this just goes like right in there. And I I think right now, if I would build a warrior deck, because I think more warriors than zombies for this. But Though if I want to play, there's, there's more synergies in bringing stuff back with zombies, right? Like with yeah, you true. Exploit. There's more random bullshit to sack. You're probably not sacking an actual card, but just like a one-one amass token of your or a dread wanderer reaver thing or a dread Warriors have um, what you would call that bloodsoaked champion too, though. True. So at least you've got that. But yeah, if I'm building either of these decks. And I'm building them very aggressively, which is why I'm leaning warriors, because for zombies, I would just I, I wanna do like Crypt Breaker, don't attack you, draw a hundred card stuff until I just have a really big board. 
And Graph Reaver does damage to you every turn, so you don't really want the game to go long. I think that the only problem with this deck is just that the decks it goes into aren't very strong. Because yeah. it goes in zombies and it goes in warriors, and both decks are very medium. Just give us... Why couldn't why couldn't the the double black lord in Dominaria be a fucking zombie ward instead of a cleric ward? Yeah, I don't really get that either. <laughs> like, oh my god, if that was just a cleric or sorry, a zombie ward with the exact same effect. Oh. Get right? any black creature, that'd be dope. Oh my god. But we can't have nice things if you're a zombie player. Is that like the only Is that the only fucking tribe that doesn't have a a fucking genuine two mana lord? And don't tell me the Demir one from Val. Don't even say that one. It's bad. Why are we in Demir? Uh, Why is it Demir? Well, in on Innistrad, zombies were Demir. Like hard Demir, just like from yeah, the first set already. Yeah. But, um but fucking, the last time we were in, I, in Estrad, we had fucking, uh, I mean, we, yeah, we had like prized amalgam and stuff, but we had uh, uh, Relentless Dead. True. Um, yeah, I, I think it's all three mana lords. So, big sad. Though Ward of the Accursed is an amazing ward at three mana. And Death Baron isn't half bad either. No. Giving all your stuff. Baron has the better art. Oh, especially the promo. It's got like the like the Grim Reaper vibe. Yeah, like the staff and shit. shit. It's phenomenal. But so with Graph Reaver, there's not much to say in terms of a build around. Uh, If it is a pet card, I think this is a very fun one to start shitting on Mono Green a little bit. Um, Feels good to kill a card, yeah. A good way to destroy all the planeswalkers. There's obviously not like, not like a ton of planeswalkers around, other than in mono green, which is just kind of what holds this card back. But I think this is like a, like perfectly fine card. Well, I guess against Rakdos hitting like Liliana and Chandra and sometimes Soren, if they're playing. Yeah, it. but I I think what I have against other decks is if you're playing zombies or warriors, you're probably a go wide aggressive deck which are generally the decks that are good at dealing with walkers naturally. Yeah. Where I feel like when you're against mono green, sometimes these planeswalkers can exist behind walls of five sixes. So that's where I kind of like the idea of just having your removal spell. Yeah, I get that. But still, just like, I mean, 2 mana 3-3, not even like a bad aggro rate. But I, I guess you just get two mana three two so aggressively the stats are the same at least in terms of how much damage it does. But I think for the sake of time, we're going to move on to the next card, which is Tome Scour by oh. Haytham, or I think okay, it's like Mayhem, but Haytham. You roll with it, sure. Um, so they're asking, gotta go with Tome Scour. Can't quite play it in Phoenix because uh, it gives a good one-drop sorcery for. Fin- oh, can't quite can't quit, quit playing quit. it in Phoenix because they still play it with finale of. What's it? The red finale from Promise. Finale of Promise. I think it's finale of Promise. Um, 
And when I'm on Esper Greasefang, still find a way to get this in the list as well. I know most lists of these decks cut the card, but I will always chase the dream of turn one, cast, fill in the yard full of goodies. Yeah. I mean, for a large part, I'm just like, yeah, agree. But there's, there's not that much I have to add, per se. Like, I, I, I do think the card is suboptimal. It was obviously the win con in Breach, but that's no longer legal. Yeah, we don't have a way to loop Tome Scour over and over and over again. Or, I mean, maybe we do, but it's probably convoluted as shit, and I'm not going to try to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you can maybe do some um, founding the third path stuff with this card now. Yeah. Get some mill of that. You can cast this again if you want to mill more. I still like, miss Breach more than the Ultimatum version. At least I, you knew you were dead. Exactly. I'm like, do you have the Breach? Do you have it? Yep. Now that they go Ultimatum, I'm like, there's still a chance you can whiff. But yeah, Tome Scar is fun. Dredge it's Dredge. Like, yes, you can have Peer into the Abyss and Tome Sc and uh, pour over the Plages. Please just don't have it. <laughs> No, you got to give them poor and omniscience. Oh yeah, poor and omniscience. That's it, because they can get for, to the mana for peer. Yeah, you need. Oh yeah, because they get to cast them for free. Oops, you give them poor and omniscience. Yeah. Yep. Been a while since I played for this breach. Uh, well, not breach, just Lotus Field. But yeah, other than Tomescar, you already kind of have the shell, uh, where I also think they are like at their best. If you want to play them. Phoenix and Grease Fang. I can imagine some self-mill stuff. Don't think you ever really point this at an opponent, but like I can imagine some self-mill stuff trying to actually deck yourself, win with like Thassa's Oracle. Try that with like the Founding the Third Path. You have Claim the Fame to even reanimate your uh, Thassa's Oracle with. Yep. When you mill it over. Other than that, don't have too much to add here. Next, we have from Cluster Fox. Amazing name. Grimflare is definitely a pet for me. I keep going back to trying Jund or Green-Black mid-range over Red-Black. I just want to play with my Grims and Scoos. Well, I have someone who you will get along with just well. If you haven't already, go talk to Bridger. They are obsessed with Golgari. They love Grimflare, and they love Scoos. You will get along with them just fine. Otherwise, Grimflare is straight up just going to be in a rock strategy uh, for... Because, like, even, again, this is another one where, like, there isn't much build-around potential except in Delirium Shell or the rock strategy where you are incidentally filling your graveyard and you're just using it as a surveil four every turn, right? Three, but yeah. Three, yeah. It is a top three? Yeah, top three. Yeah, again, also, I, I don't have too much to add to this one. I think Grim, I get, I think Grim Flayer is a very cool card. Um, it is always a bit just like... Like, Grim Flayer has the typical dice-to-removal problem. Which I know is always a little bit silly, but it dies to every one-mana removal spell under the sun, and it's a two-mana card. Yep. But this card is a fucking house if it connects even once. So, like, I do always feel like Grimflare is, like, an appropriately scary card. Yeah, I, 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 just, I agree. I, I think the problem is you don't have enough to go with. 
Like, okay, I have my two mana shell. I play four Grim Flayer, four Scoos. And it's like, I, I don't really want to play four Scoos. <laughs> Maybe you can go Soltai and play uh, the Goyf. I mean, honestly, I mean, you could even just go like straight Golgari and just play the Goyf. I don't even yeah. think that's terrible. Uh, just kind of like forego the blue. You could play like one or two pathways. You could play them on blue whenever you need it rather than running some basics. Play one island so you can traverse it and now we're in the, you could we're play in the delirium a, You could shell. play a couple of the triome because that also gives you incidental delirium hits if you ever cycle it late game. That's a cool one. Yeah, I like it a lot with the triome actually. And again, unless you're going push or Thoughtseize holding up for turn one, you're not doing too much on turn one. So, you know, unless you're going to like a Stitcher Supplier build. But even then, I still think two Triumphs are fine for that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, by the way, with every card we kind of talked about, if we actually do think it's good or not, I think with all the talking, we forgot with the... Um, uh, Defender Tribal. I genuinely think that deck's actually pretty okay. Yeah. Like, if we're talking playing for, like, an FNM, if you tune it a little bit more, so, like we said, like, I want to have cheap defenders and as many um, Assault Formation effects as I can get in my deck, and if you have that, it's honestly, like, especially for, like, an FNM level, I think it's, like, a good deck. Like, I'd play it. And if you go to an RCQ with a high alert deck and you make top eight, you are the talk of the town, my friend. Yeah, that's a flex. Like, that is an absolute flex. I mean, Adrian made top eight at the RCQ we went to. I know I talked about before, but he made top eight uh, with fucking Monogreen Stompy. And people were, all, people were like already like talking like about it, like at the RCQ going like, holy shit, like straight up Stompy, like turn two steel leaf champion type shit. <laughs> and they're like with or without Coco. Uh with Coco. With Coco. Yeah, yeah. And like I think one no, he wasn't I don't think he was playing any Greyhenge. Um no Nykthos either. Just straight up like uh yeah, like Steel Leaf Champion, the Old Growth Troll, um the Werewolf Pack Leader, and uh Ram through was it? Oh, and of course he played uh, Vivian, Arcbow Ranger. Ah, yeah, sick. He got uh, he got the top right, eight. So, so the next card is from RQFE. I, I love I love this card for a very simple reason. His pet card is Approach of the Second Sun. I love this card for a very simple reason. I like it when blue-white control players actually fucking end games. Like, thank you for actually winning the game rather than having your opponent scoop out of misery. <laughs> I actually really want... Now, of course, there is the simple thing of just going into blue-white control, right? Approach the second sun, very easy. Um, you know what I'm really intrigued by? And I've been, I, I'm, it's always, it's the deck I always look at for a brief period whenever I, whenever a new set comes out to see if it can be done. Because it's, it's probably one of my favorite pet decks. It's Turbo Fog. 
or like Bant Fog. I love the card Fog so fucking much. I know it's a feels bad if they, you know, have Stomp with Bonecrush Giant, which is, you know, a card that's played a decent amount. Um, but... Yeah, damage can't be prevented. <laughs> but... Uh, Turbo Fog is really cool. Now, there's that version with the three-mana enchantment that has Flash. Each player draws a card or something, and like an additional card every upkeep or some shit like that, um, which yeah, is cool. Um, dictate of Crewfix. But I do like the idea of going like Turbo Fog with like Runs Epiphany and like Approach as another one con. And like just Teferi, Tamio, Narset. Yeah, and you don't have to go into that like how, when they played like like an actual turn stack. They don't have to go into that, oh, let's hope I hit 17 turn spells in a row to beat you with Runs Epiphany Birds. Yeah, you're just trying like, to buy time. You actually don't need that much. I think that's actually a pretty cool deck to run it in, on like a banned turbo fog style deck. I've been playing a fogish deck in uh, Explorer. Unfortunately, we don't have. I'm surprised we don't have fog with all the historic anthologies. We've hey, gotten. I think we'd have gotten it by now. But no, we don't have fog. But I have been using the one from Amonkhet because it has cycling three, which is relevant on occasion. Yeah, hazel pollen. Yeah, which I like that one a lot. Um. I would actually probably run a couple of those in, in actual Pioneer Fog just to have a, more yeah, of the effects. Uh, but yeah, Fog in general is so much fun to play with. It, like it's just, it's just so great when your opponent... Also, another card that we don't have in fucking Explorer is Aetherize. Like, is that the all-attacking creatures? Yeah. Get bounced? Or? Yeah. yeah. They go back to the opponent's, on top of the opponent's library. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. Wouldn't Aetherize be kind of cool in, like, rogues? Let me double check, make sure it's top of the library. Oh, no, it's it's to their hand. Motherfuck. Oh, by the way, Aetherize got reprinted in uh 40k, and the art is sick. Oh, man. I'm sending it to you right now. It is. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one's really cool. I like that. I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, it's, it's to their hand, but that's fine. You could do uh, Turbo Fog, Aetherize, Narset, Days Undoing. <laughs> Just fucking return them all. They go wide, turn to their hand. You're like, I'm going to wheel you. I think my favorite... Um, approach deck ever and this is where we're going out of the like this card this deck is good I'm more into like this is a really fun pet deck mm -hmm. is with a sunbird's invocation yeah because if you cast approach of the second sun from your hand it's on the stack your sunbird's invocation trigger it says if you cast a spell with convert a mana cost x look at the top x cards of your library and cast a card that costs X or less. So in terms of approach of the second sun, you cast a seven mana card, so you get to go seven deep, and you get to cast a seven drop for free, or lower. If you hit a second copy of approach of the sun, that one resolves first. Now your original one resolves, and it says, if approach of the second sun was cast from your hand, 
and you've cast another spell named approach with a second sun this game, which you just did, you win the game. Yeah, that's great. So the way it triggers, you just get to cast one approach, and oh, oops, it's two. Oh, oops, I win. I think another super cool card is Wildfire Eternal. The four mana one three with I think it's got like a flick five, and if it attacks, that was opponent, my pick. Gets to cast a card for free. Yeah, I played that in like this really janky standard burn deck with like that and like combustible gear Hulk, and then like just obnoxiously expensive like seven mana like burn spells that like deal you for like seven and shit. So I'm like, all right, swinging in. Would you like to block it so I just deal four every time? Oh, if you don't, bam. I will do a five. Yeah. Brad out here, lava-axing people. I kind of want to try that deck again, but it's just, it, it's it's four mana. If he was three mana instead, it'd be way better. Being four mana, it's tough. But, moving on from Approach of the Second Sun, we have... Do I believe our last one... Elspeth Sun's Champion. From Air Breather. I, from, it's, um, a, it's Air Breather. I, I started Magic with Theral Standard, so I just have this nostalgia and would love a shell that can run a copy or two of her. Elspeth Sun Champion is 4 white white, so 6 mana, for a 4 loyalty planeswalker, with a plus 1, put 3 one, one white soldiers onto the battlefield, Minus three, destroy all creatures with power four or greater. And minus seven, if you get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and have flying. Boy, do I have a deck for you. Mono White Legends. This card is awesome in, the, in that deck. Yeah, in that deck, uh, I think if people want to see a little bit of gameplay and find that, they can find it on Jake's channel, right? Yeah, we I played uh, against him on he was on Rakdos Dragons and I played that deck. And I got to take What's control Jake's of him. YouTube channel called again. Uh Casual Jake. Give him Oh yeah. So yeah, I got to yeah, so take control of him Casual with Jake. Fucking, this... and we're cool. Awesome. That was a while ago already though. Yeah, that was so the beginning of the year. back a couple months. It's like February. Um... Oh yeah, bloody hell. But yeah, I think Elspeth, like, Mono White Legends is a cool shell. I think it's perfectly fine in um, Blue White. It makes tokens for Indomitable Creativity nonsense. True. Um, it can also just be a top-end card in a token shell, right? We we see quite a few tokens now. We have that, like, Resolute Reinforcements, Raise the Alarm, Imara. Like, we have a pretty decent token shell, Ginny Faye even. Like, imagine you play with Ginny Faye and this turns into, like, 2-2 two, two cats with haste. Yeah. I think it's a sweet card. Also, you could do Soldier Tribal. Yeah, it is a very sweet card. Mono White Soldiers? True. Though, at that and point, I think... With power. Yeah, you might blow up your own board with the Minus. Yeah. Which is a pretty brutal one versus Mono Green, by the way. They get triggers, though, unfortunately. Yeah, true. Uh, we did have uh, we do have one more, by the way, from oh. uh, Majon or Major oh, Major Newman. Major Newman. 
for the pet card episode, mine is not a creature. It's the entire rogue's archetype. I keep on brewing, tinkering, oh, and playing. We with only games. have one. This is the one that just dawned on me too. So yeah. this is actually the last one. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Soaring Thought Thief, all that good stuff. Um, there is most beloved cards in the Pioneer format. For real, for a real pet card, it is Thoughtseize, Smallpox, Dark Ritual, Sinkhole, Hypnotic Specter, and Liliana. Um, so we don't have Smallpox, we don't have Dark Ritual, we don't have Sinkhole or Hypnotic Specter. I, I think. I'll be honest. I am a sucker for Dark Ritual too. That's one of my favorite cards in Commander. Yeah, people it's just, just fun. don't see it coming. It's just cool to have. Like, I play my cool card early. But Rogues is, I think, a genuinely good deck. I think it's a very fine and, and, you know, not to... Pun is not intended. It is a Rogue deck within the format. And it's just fine. It's a good deck. It's fun. It's The only downside is the Incidental Graveyard hate, um, or the Incidental Graveyard decks like Grease Fang and, uh, what's it called, uh, Phoenix, that you kind of, like, stumble into and it feels kind of bad when you're giving them, like, you know, they're, you're powering up their deck. Other than that, I think the deck is fine. I think it's perfectly fun. It's just a nice, good little mid-range type of strategy um, that can go over the top with some flyers. I like it a lot. I think it's a fun deck. I mean, if you play against Grease Fang, you just, it sounds silly, but just kill Grease Fang. Yeah. I mean, you've got quite a lot of removal in the deck. You could run Four like one or two lock. Cling to Dust. You could even run uh, actual just Cremate. Which is just one black exile card from a graveyard draw card. Because that means if you exile a creature, like let's say you're playing against Phoenix, you do actually get to draw a card rather than gain the three life, which you probably want more often. Mm -hmm. The escape doesn't super matter. You know, just don't run any escape cards and just play like a Tassiger yourself. If you want to utilize your own graveyard. Yeah, I think Rogues is just like, I've played against it quite a few times decent deck no real issues with it I don't think it's um, I think it's a bit medium powered because it's basically an old standard deck mm -hmm. yeah we just need a few more rogues to, to come in I don't know when we're going to get more rogues uh, like more uh, more support it's, just a, it's a really awkward yeah especially because they, they want like the flash rogues so you really yeah. only have like Thieves Guild Enforcement Soaring Thought Thief you don't really have much else You don't need much else, though. Because the rest of your deck is just, like, removal. They did get Kaido, which is really good in that deck. Oh, yeah, Kaido. Kaido's really sweet in Rogues. I played against that a few times, actually, where someone boarded a couple in, and I felt like the card should have just been main deck. It felt like a really good fit. Yeah, if, if I play, I, I'm straight a main deck. I don't fuck around with not doing that. <laughs> but, yeah, those were all of the pet cards... No, actually, no. We had one one more. I know we said that like five fucking times. It was on Patreon. It was from um, uh, da, 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 uh, Oivind uh, saying their pet card is Gideon of the Tribal Trials. But we did already dedicate an entire segment to going over their Gideon of the Trials and Gideon Tribal deck a few weeks ago. Yeah, so we kind of picked that one up already. Yeah, I just want to shout them out and make sure that they were recognized. Speaking of Patreon, if you want to help support the show, you can go ahead and go in the link down below and click on that Patreon link. We have a bunch of tiers. 
got supporting stuff. We got Angry Cow Tier. We got merch. Anything you can do is always support. But of course, you're here listening every single week. That is support enough. But we appreciate all of our patrons in general. Speaking of which. And if you join with the Angry Cow Tier support, so the second level, that is like where this idea came from to like have this pet dog episode. Now, even though we have this tier, and I think it's like important to just be like a bit transparent about, the mailbag is still open. We're always yes. open to episode suggestions, etc. So uh, it's not like the mailbag is now locked or anything behind the Patreon tier. We have all that stuff still available. Just if you are off the second tier on Patreon and you suggest an episode, we like will make it work. Like we'll find a way. And the mailbag, we will always treat as a suggestion, like we always have anyway. Like the mailbag as a suggestion, if you're a Patreon, we will actively work to make your idea work. So it just gives you a bit of like a guarantee that you get what you want, where the mailbag will be a suggestion. But that is still open. So if you have episodes, ideas, and you're not a Patreon, do drop them in the mailbag. Because that's still just like, we like to have input episodes like this. This episode was a little bit messy, especially because some of the pet cards that came in were more just like, yeah, yeah good card. Um, but it's always fun to talk about like, magic this cards was, in general. Yeah, exactly. And this was also like the first time we really did just like a pickup idea. So it's just like getting some used to. Uh, but I thought it was fun. So also please give us feedback on how we did this. Is it too free form? Would you want like a more curated list or whatever? Like just... Keep us posted. We will always try and make uh, make our quote-unquote product better. Cause... And then, of course, talking about Patreon, let's go ahead and quickly thank our Patreons. We have Oyvin, Dwayne, Aaron, Will, Patrick, Bridger, and Sir Epic. Thank you guys so much for being Patreons to help us out. Oh, also, we have Kevin over on Anchor showing some support. So, again, thank you guys so much means a lot if you want to support in other ways of course other than just listening and patreon there's ink gaming down below uh you can go ahead and click the two links one for the actual stuff for playing pioneer good god i'm mixing all my shit up for the pioneer perspective you can also support us by reading our articles on playingpioneer.com and watching our stuff on youtube at playingpioneer.com go ahead and do that but of course again in gaming you can get some shit there or you can do the affiliate link which just helps out in general course we want to shout out uh card hoarder because we haven't mentioned this yet i forgot uh last week but we are part of the card hoarder network now uh alex and i so part of that is we have a deal with card hoarder which helps us create more content in terms of video and stuff like that play testing and just be more familiar with the format in general so if you want to go ahead and rent cards on mtgo for your ability to go play some stuff on Pioneer Leagues or even challenges or getting prepped for an RCQ, get some playtesting in, you go ahead and go ahead, uh, to cardhoarder.com and use their rental service. I don't think I have anything else. Oh, yeah. Socials. I think that's it. Brad Sever. Got it. Bye-bye. I'm so tired. <laughs>